2: Love Talk
3: Radio Reveal Now you know
4: Reveal Take this journey with me back home To who you
3: really are Reflect on your past Release and forgive. Receive peace, love, and freedom. Revealed is a journey into the depths of your soul. Reveal your magnificence. Reveal your truth. Reveal your heart. Reveal your freedom. Reveal. Reveal and heal. Reveal now.
4: and blessings, love tribe. Hello, hello. Welcome to Get Your Entire Life Radio. My name is Milani Shawnee, aka The Love Goddess, and I'm your host for tonight. I hope you all are doing wonderful and beautiful tonight. We have a, a great show for you. Um, this evening, I was very inspired, and I want to share um, with you what inspired me. So for those of you who are with us for the first time, Our intention for this show is to remind you to love yourself by being yourself. This show is all about getting your entire life, so whatever tools, information, or inspiration you need to bring yourself fully present to the fact that you can have it all is what we want to do for you tonight. So if you want to reach out to me uh, throughout the show, you can do so at getyourentirelife at gmail.com. This is definitely an interactive show. We love to hear from the Love Tribe and our listeners. So for those of you who clicked in, if at any time you want to call in and share your views, once we open the phone lines, you can call in at 657-383-0698. So I'm really excited um, about the show tonight. I had an entirely different topic that I um, was uh, going to share tonight. But I I watched the um, the Red Table Talk. I don't know if uh, you all know, are familiar with that, but it's Jada Pinkett um, Smith, uh, Will Smith's wife. It's her and her daughter and her mother, and they really do have some very powerful topics. Um, and today, and powerful guests. And today, uh, their topic was uh, their guest was Alicia Keys. And it was a very transparent conversation, and I really loved it because that's one of the things that I think that we as women are beginning to have. We also, um, I also do a uh, a Facebook live show every Friday night with my girlfriend goddesses, and it's called the Candid Goddess. And we had a very transparent conversation as well on Friday. So I'm seeing this as a theme with women really coming out and talking about what's important to us and, and coming out and um just really destroying a lot of myths that are out there about us, so about our lives and about who we are. So tonight I've chosen the topic, uh, the superwoman myth. And we're in the God, goddess garden tonight. Every uh, second Monday, we go into the Goddess Garden, usually we call forward women who are powerful and sharing their light in the world. But tonight, I wanted to talk to you. I felt like it was important for me to come on and talk to you about this important topic. So our you topic is the Superwoman Myth, and we're going to do a deep dive into the Red Tabletop discussion with Alicia Keys that ad on Facebook earlier today. So, as always, we have reflection questions, questions that's brought to you by our millennial goddess, Kari, uh, Amber Shawnee. Thank you so much for providing our reflection questions tonight. And the first question she asked is, do you believe it is possible for women to be strong while also being vulnerable, emotional, and transparent? I can pretty much answer that question. Uh, That's going to be a no to most people. Um, I have definitely been considered as a strong black woman, and I have been in my most vulnerable and most emotional and transparent state. And trust me, it was definitely not appreciated by some of the people around me. Um, I'm beginning to attract people more so now that are are tuned into that, that that strong black woman, superwoman myth, um, putting that behind them and really understanding that women are human beings, just like men, just like children, just like anyone else, and we do we do have emotions, we do get vulnerable, and we, we want to be transparent and open up about it. And once we do open up about it, then we can heal. And so that question, love that question. It's a great question, but I can definitely answer that, as most people um, don't believe that that's possible for strong women to be vulnerable and emotional. The second question is, are you trying to fix or change the world and other people, and um, is that working for you? Uh, The third question is, does your family, friends, or significant others put you on a pedestal? If so, how does that feel? Definitely been there, done that. Doesn't feel great. Um, The last one is, are you succumbing to other people's expectations, and what impact do you think that's had on your life? So these are our reflection questions for tonight. I think they're really powerful questions that prompted me to want to answer them. But before we move into our show, as always, we want to get grounded and bring ourselves fully present so that we can be in alignment and harmony and balance with our authentic nature to open up and receive and give energy um, however we need to do that in this moment. Also, during our grounding, we'd like for you to set your intention as to what you'd like to receive tonight from this show. So let's go ahead and take a couple of deep breaths. You can breathe in and out of your mouth at your leisure. Just make it deep, make it meaningful. And breathing in and out of the mouth is really a releasing breath. So I want you just to release your day, release um, whatever it is that you've been doing, release what you're doing right now, what you're engaged in, and just really allow yourself to be fully present in this moment. Feel your body start from at your toes and work your way up so you're present to how you're feeling, how your body is feeling. If you feel any tension in your body, just feel free to, um, to breathe into that space and give your body permission to relax and let go. So we're going to take about three deep, deep, relaxing, releasing breaths and then we'll go ahead and get started. I just love to breathe. It feels so good, so energizing, so clearing. So now that we've taken some deep breaths and we're fully present in the moment, I always like to start with an inspirational thought. And so I chose the um, a thought from the daily OM today because I feel like it was very powerful based on what the conversation that we're going to have tonight. And the name of it is Numbing Yourself. And so um, this is, again, from The Daily OM, and it's written by Madison Taylor. Numbing yourself prevents you from confronting your issues and keeps you from ever finding resolution or peace. We We are born equipped to experience a complex array of diverse emotions. Many of us, however, are uncomfortable confronting our most powerful emotions. We may shy away from delight and despair and deny life's colors by retreating into a world of monotone gray. We may numb ourselves to what we are truly feeling. It's easier to suppress our emotions than to deal with them. So we may momentarily turn to pleasures such as alcohol, food, sugar, shopping, and too much television. We may even numb our hearts. While it's normal to temporarily seek distractions as a means of coping with intense emotions, numbing yourself prevents you from confronting your issues and keeps you from ever finding resolution or peace. When you are numb, there is no pain or powerlessness, but there can also be no joy or healing. The activities that numb you may seem harmless or pleasurable, but using them to numb yourself diminishes the quality of your life. Numbing yourself so that you don't have to feel intense emotions can often satisfy a surface need while blocking your awareness of a deeper need. You may find solace in food or shopping when what you really need is spiritual nourishment. The less you feel, the less alive you feel. Your feelings add vividness to your experiences and serve to connect you to the world around you. It is possible to disavow yourself of numbing behaviors a little at a time and, once again, taste life's rich flavors. When you sense that you are engaging in a particular behavior simply to deaden emotions, stop and ask yourself why. Examining the feelings that drive you to numb yourself can help you understand what is triggering your desire to emotionally fade out. With each numbing activity that you cut out of your life, you'll find yourself being more aware and experiencing a greater emotional, emotional acuity. Senses, once shrouded by the fog of numbness, become sharp and acute. Traumas and pain, long hidden will emerge to the forefront of your consciousness and reveal themselves so that you can heal them. You'll discover a deeper you a self that is comfortable experiencing and working through intense emotions with courage and grace. I really just love this article because these are some things that I talk about all the time with the people around me, my friends, and also with my clients because people think that once you numb your emotions or numbing your emotions is keeping you from getting hurt when actually the opposite is true. So before we go into a deep dive with um, the Red Table Talk, we're going to deep dive into this article, and then we're going to talk about the Red Table Talk conversation, and then we're going to give you some exercises and tools that you can use, just a couple of little simple things you can do to start uh, assisting you and supporting you in opening yourself up so that you can live a full life. One of the biggest things that I saw in this article that I really um, love is that, and that I talk about all the time is that you if you don't experience pain and you're hiding from pain and shutting your down yourself down from pain, then you won't experience joy either. Everything that you experience is going to be a temporary experience that you can't sustain, and so you're constantly going to have to be looking for things, people, and places to help you to feel some type of happy feeling because everything is shut down with you and that can be exhausting and draining. And so what we want to do our goal and our intention for today is to share with you an opportunity for you to be able to open yourself up, learn how to manage your emotions rather than suppress them so that you can have a fulfilled and so a fulfilled life and so that you can get your entire life because that's what the premise of this show is about is that you don't just have to have part of your life, some of you you know some of your life is good, some of your life is bad, like you got good finance, bad relationships or good relationships, bad job, a good job, and you know bad uh, family ties, you know you just you can have it all, and that's what we talk about on the show. That's the premise of this show, and the way that you can have it all is to love yourself. By being yourself. And that's what we're going to talk about um, in this article today. And we're going to talk about it in the deep dive for Red Tabletop. So again, if you want to call in and, and share your views with us, you can a little bit later. If you want to reach out to us via email, you can email us at getyourentirelife at gmail.com. So we'll be back in a few minutes. I'm going to play one of my favorite songs. I love to play when we're in the Goddess Garden and that is God is a woman so we'll be right back
3: you you love
4: Tribe, welcome back to Get Your Entire Life by Milani Shani, a.k.a. The Love Goddess. And I love that song. Like, maybe by the time I'm, I'm done with this radio uh, experience, you will believe that God is a woman. <laughs> All right. So, um, tonight on Get Your Entire Life Radio, we are talking about um, our U topic is the superwoman myth. So and we're doing a deep dive into the Red Table Talk from Facebook today featuring Alicia Keys, and um, I just want to, before we go into the deep dive, I wanted to talk a little bit about a couple of things. First, I want to talk about the reflection questions, and then I want to talk about um, the uh, inspiration that I just read um, because I have some thoughts on that. So one of the reasons why I wanted to name this show uh, The Superwoman Myths is because a lot of times I hear I hear that, I, I see that, there's songs made about it, um, women talk about it a lot, and the truth of the matter is, you know, like we have the song, I'm Every Woman, you know, that's all beautiful and nice in concept, but I think that this um, myth is really causing us as women to be ill, to be mentally ill, emotionally ill, And physically ill. I feel like it's a time where we really have to be clear about who we are as women and what, how we really move in the world, what's authentic for us. Because I think that if you are superwoman authentically in what you do, maybe, you know, it won't be uh, to your detriment and it won't be so difficult. But I think if you're trying to be a superwoman and pleasing other people and people-pleasing and, and trying to fit in and that type of thing, it's definitely detrimental. And so um, as Alicia Keys was speaking today, she talked a lot about that. And um, I was really excited to hear that on that platform where there was over, I'm sure, uh, you know, 100,000 or more people listening to that broadcast because it's so important that we move into a space now where we're being more authentic and loving ourselves exactly as we are rather than trying to prove that we can be somebody that we're not. So with the reflection questions today, I talked about the first question, which was, do you believe it is possible for women to be strong while also being vulnerable, emotional, or transparent? This is a very powerful question because, and thank you for this question, Amber. Um, it's a very powerful question be, because, um um, I think that a lot of people believe that it's a weakness when um, women or uh, women who are perceived to be uh, this uh, strong, especially strong black women, or who are perceived to be super women, when they get to a vulnerable space. I don't know in what world that people are going to see a person who is taking care of everyone taking care of everything that is not at some point going to be vulnerable, at some point going to be emotional. I don't know in what world, like we are not robots, nobody, women, men, children, none of us are robots. We are human beings and we have human bodies and human minds and human emotions, so I don't understand how anyone can expect someone who is constantly moving, constantly doing things for everybody else, constantly being a source of nurturing and love and and beautifying and caring for kids and cooking and cleaning and working. And I don't don't understand how the world (laughs) doesn't understand that this person is going to become vulnerable and emotional at some point. But on the other hand, I think it's our fault. And I say that from my own experience, which I'm going to give an example of. So for me, I grew up in the household with a strong woman, a superwoman in my eyes. She did everything. My mother was an amazing person. Like To see the stuff that she was doing and holding down the forts and all the stuff, it was just incredible but it also broke her down. But at the time, I didn't see it that way when her body was starting to break down, right? And so when I came out of the house, I came out like that. I came out like I needed to save the world. I needed to nurture the world. I had to do everything for everybody because I was doing that in my mouth out and so for me i never learned as a woman how to receive which is absolutely detrimental since i was incarnated in this life as feminine energy which is receiver energy right and so i never learned how to receive that was not not something that i was taught in my household which most most women and then i never learned how to love myself Which was another thing that was not taught. It's like, do for others, do everything for others, make others feel comfortable, get in where you fit in, but others first, not you. Okay? So, this is how we grew up. And so, we come out of this space, and I came out of that space in that space. So, when I came out into the world, I was just all about serving. Now, I'm not saying there's something wrong with serving, I'm just saying you got to have the right intention, and it has to be authentic from an authentic place, not from a domesticated and conditioned place, right? And so I came out being domesticated and conditioned to believe that I have to serve everyone but myself. And so when I was out here doing all these things for people, giving, 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 over giving, people looked at me as a person who didn't need anything. And I think that I heard, I didn't see the full interview, but I heard Taraji P. Henson say also the same thing. It's like she doesn't believe in the, in, the, in, the, in the term strong black woman because it does imply that you don't need anything, which is not the truth, that you don't need support, that you'll never be vulnerable, that you're never emotional, that you never break down, that you never have challenges or issues. That is just not the truth right? But we can give that perception. And because of how we're moving in life, how we're showing up, how we're being, we can give that perception. And so when people begin to treat us that way, then we get upset. We don't understand. Then we want to numb ourselves, which goes back to the article that I read, you know, the inspiration that I did. It's like now you want to numb yourself. That's one of our triggers of numbness is that we start to feel like people are not grateful and unappreciative because when we get broken down because we've overgiven and we look around for somebody to support us, no one even knows or is thinking that we need support. And it's unfortunate on both sides. It's unfortunate for people who, um, it's unfortunate for those of us who are in the overgiving space because we don't know, we don't have knowledge, we're not aware that we're overgiving, right? And so we just keep doing it, and then once we numb ourselves, that's putting us in another detrimental place, especially our emotional mental health. And then on the other hand, it's people that are actually looking at you like, oh, I'm so glad you in my life because you don't need nothing. But on the other hand, they're out serving other people they feel like need or damsels in distress or whatever. So you don't need things. So I'm glad. So now they're leaning even harder on you. So you're a strong black woman. You're a powerhouse. You're a superwoman. So you don't need anything. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to come over here, I'm going to usurp as much energy as I can, I'm going to get everything I can, give as less as possible, and I'm going to take that energy and I'm going to go over here and I'm going to drain myself out and be over here giving, giving, giving to these people, and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to get from you because you got a lot of energy. You don't need anything. I like that because I can get energy over here and I'll take it over here. And we don't even realize that that's what we're doing. It's not a conscious thing. I, it, it is, I call it parasitic energy, but it's unconscious parasitic energy. It's like an unconscious parasite. It's like, you don't need nothing. So I'm going to come get as much energy as I can. And then I'm going to go over here and give it out. And then when I get depleted, I'm going to come back over here. I've seen it 10,000 times of women who have been in relationships for years and years and years, being drained by unconscious parasites, right? And then when they get completely drained, they have nothing else to give, they're left. They're left bitter and angry, and the other person is going off to find another energy that they can have as a host. We can no longer do this. We can't be in this space. And there's nobody to blame because, like I said, most of the time, not all the time, sometimes it's conscious, but most of the time it's really unconscious parasites. And you as a goddess and as a woman, you're sending the message that you don't need anything because that's what you think you're supposed to do. One of the things that Alicia Keys said in her interview with Red Table Talk was um, her biggest, they asked her, because she was talking about how messy she was, how up she was, and how much mess she had, and one of the things that they asked her is, like, what is your mess, you know? And she said her mess was, one of her biggest messes was downplaying what she needs because she doesn't want to be uh, seen demanding, And she also realized that she was thinking she was not deserving of greatness. So can you imagine? This is Alicia Keys with over 15 Grammys and all the success. And all the while, she's believing that she doesn't deserve it. And she's not asking for anything. She's downplaying what she needs and saying, no, don't need a lot. You know, I don't want to seem like I'm demanding. Because that's the label. That's going to be put on her or put on any of us if we ask for what we need and what we want. We're going to be called demanding or we'll be called divas in a negative way or we'll be called itches, right? Because we're asking for what we want. Because the myth is that we're supposed to not ask for what we want. we we'll are just stand back and wait for people to give us whatever they want to give us. The quiet woman is the most popular woman, the woman who doesn't ask for anything, the woman who doesn't need anything, the woman who just sits back and she doesn't, you know, right. So this is the thing that we have to move forward because the myth of the superwoman is that the superwoman or the one who acts like she has everything and doesn't need anything, those are the ones now that are going into this mental and and, and emotional health illness, and really coming out and starting to talk about having years and years of depression. I was very surprised when they asked her also um, what was one of the biggest myths about her, and she said that one of the biggest myths about her was that people thought she was happy. She was very happy. She said that was the myth. This is Alicia Keys, right? And so it's really interesting that we look at people, especially women, as superwomen, and we look at them as hugely successful, but we don't really understand what the sacrifice is on their part. What are they sacrificing? Or what are they hiding? to try to live up to that standard. She talked about being put on a pedestal, which I definitely uh understand as well. Right? And so um we're gonna get to that in a few minutes, but I wanna stay with this because this is about the reason why I wanted to talk about this in the Goddess Garden today where we talk about women and women's um challenges is and, and successes, is because this is huge It's so important that we start to understand as women, as men, as children, that women have vulnerabilities. As a matter of fact, the more vulnerable, the more emotional we can be, the better. It's not about not being emotional. It's about learning how to manage our true emotions. We can't walk around numb and be healthy. It's not going to happen. You see all kinds of people, Michelle Williams and, you know, other people are coming out talking about years of fighting depression. And all we see is the stars up on the stage. We see the impersonators. But now in this time uh, where the universe is revealing all truth, the universe is literally giving us all truth serum, We're starting to see what's real, and we have to learn how to adapt because we've been in an illusion for so
2: long. We
4: cannot continue to think that because women are vulnerable and emotional, then it's needy. It's always labeled as needy. I was talking about Friday night and I always talk about him and I will forever, is my best friend who transitioned a couple of years ago. He was so powerful in his love for me. No matter how vulnerable I got, no matter how emotional I got, no matter how clingy I got, it didn't matter to him because he knew who I was. He never labeled it as needy or avoided it or pushed it away or judged it in any way. Because he knew who I was, but he also knew what I needed because he listened without judgment, and he loved unconditionally. When you have a woman who's out constantly supporting others, constantly out in the world doing her thing and being powerful in herself, she is going to have those times. Sometimes we're going to calm down. Sometimes when our moon cycles are on, we come down into that place where we just need a little bit more attention. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. And when you get reconcile yourself with that as a woman, you will be able to attract that into your life from whomever or wherever you would like okay, you'll be able to tr- attract that support system that you need that will be willing to support you in that area. It was so funny. I was laughing because Alicia, they kept asking Alicia Keys, like, when did you learn this? And she was like, yesterday. And I was cracking up because it's like that's that's the same thing. I would say, like, "We, I'm still learning this lesson. These things that I'm sharing with you, uh, you're here to teach what you're here to learn. And so, as I'm teaching, as I'm sharing, I'm learning and discovering and healing, which is so important. It's so important because when I came up and I was being trained as a coach, as a healer, the first thing was don't show your emotions, don't, You know, you're, you know, you're supposed to be the leader, the master. You're not supposed to be a certain way. You know, you have to be this way. You have to be very, you know, um, actually perfect, really, to be honest. You know, you have to, you know, make sure that you don't let your client know that you're feeling what they're feeling or feeling anything. That's poppycock, right? That's some BS, right? I'm a real person. And a lot of the therapists, especially the psychotherapists and people, they're on their own medications out here trying to psychotherapy people without, you know, without any feeling. How are you going to do that? You can't numb yourself as a human being all the time, all day long, talking to other people, and then expect to leave your job and expect to have feelings and turn on. You can't turn yourself on and off like that. But the truth of the matter is. Being in a position where you're supporting other people is managing your emotions, but also being open so that you can feel the essence of who people are and be able to support them in healing. And those people who are coming for healing have to understand that you're coming to a human being. There is no such thing as coming to somebody who is perfect. You shouldn't even be looking for that because the person is is perfect, they're not going to know how to help you
2: because they're perfect.
4: So we have to stop with all the illusions and putting people on pedestals and expecting people to be perfect and expecting people not to have any problems and all this. You know, they 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 didn't do this, they can't help me. It's just not the truth. If you attract and magnetize somebody in your life to help you, open yourself up and listen and be fully present with
2: that. And if you're a person who's been called to help people,
4: make sure that you have a lot of help, a lot of support. One of my Goddess sisters, it was so powerful because she was talking to me about an incident that she was dealing with, and she was like, who doesn't want to want that person? Like, you know, she was talking about a person who was talking about somebody that they were dealing with, that they felt like the person was, you know, dealing with them in, in a specific way that they didn't like. And she was like, but who doesn't want that person? Who doesn't want support? Really, what she was saying in so many words, like, who doesn't want support? Who doesn't want a person who cares about them, who who checks on them, who who is you know present to them and present to who they are? Who who doesn't want that?
2: In a numb society, nobody.
4: When we're numb, and we're not feeling, we don't think we need that. We're just looking for a whole bunch of instant gratification situations that's going to give us some temporary happiness or temporary joy. We're not really looking or or seeking the truth and true feelings that's going to pop us open emotionally so we can really feel. We're not looking for that. We're looking to stay numb. And if you make me feel, I'm going to avoid you. <laughs> if you make me feel, I'm going to do everything I can to try to judge you or or get you, you know, to leave me alone. and we can no longer afford that. That is taking us out every day. Our young people are taking themselves out because they're coming in with their feelings wide open. And they're literally being judged to death. They are wide open. They don't they're not they don't have a whole lot of prejudices. They don't have a whole lot of judgments. They accept the people for who they are. They're coming in here, who they are, how they are, and we are judging them literally to that. We cannot continue to be in this space. So the next reflection question is, are you trying to fix and change the world and other people? How's that working for you? The main thing with this question is, I would like to change it to. Are you trying to fix yourself? Because sometimes we're out in the world as a distraction, as a numbing uh, coping mechanism to our own issues. We out trying to fix other people because it's that instant gratification it makes us feel good. When a person says, "Oh, you really changed my life. You helped me," and so now we can go into this fantasy for two that day, two days, three days, maybe even two weeks of, oh, I'm good, when you're really still numb, you got five minutes of joy, five minutes of happy, cause something happened. And then you got to go, you're going to go right back into that rabbit hole, and when you go into the rabbit hole, then you're going to have to go out and do something else with somebody else until you get out the rabbit hole again, and you're really not out of the rabbit hole.
2: You're really still in it. You're not out of it. You didn't crawl out the rabbit hole. you in the rabbit hole looking
4: up and pretending
2: that you're out. So
4: it's not about fixing and changing the world. I said if you want to fix and change the world, start with you. I said, every day when I get up, I appreciate the fact that I can help people and support people to transform their lives just simply by being myself. And sometimes people don't like myself. One of the biggest obstacles for me to get over was I had to be okay with that. I used to think everybody was supposed to like me. I used to wonder why, why don't they, I didn't do anything to them. Sometimes you just don't gel with people. Sometimes it's not in alignment with people.
2: It's okay. You know, one of
4: my goddess. Um, girlfriends again. You know, I love my goddess girlfriends because we talk about everything. We do so much, so much um, sharing and bonding that we get so much from it. She was like, you know, we were talking about something, and I was saying how, you know, I was just loving this, you know, situation and being myself and being loving, and I don't know, maybe I need to pull back. And she was like, girl, you love (laughs) God. She reminded me, you love God. That's what you do. You don't need to pull back. You just need to uh, check in and attract and magnetize people who are okay with that, that you are the love goddess. You come into my space, you're going to get love. That's it. So if you don't want to be loved, you're going to need to turn around and go the other way because that's who I was born as. I didn't create myself to be that. I was born in that. My mom used to talk about to me about it all the time when I was younger. Like, you get people to show off your back. You just love people. You got to be careful. You can't love everybody. But that was how I was born. I did for her. She said I was the sunshine of her life. I loved her so much. I loved her. I loved on her so much because I was born in that. And I've had to come into the acceptance of I have an increased capacity to love. And I need that because of the kind of work that I do, but I also need to not shut it down in my personal life, which I had done for a very long time. And, of course, when I started back opening up, I started going on that journey, like the article was saying, of opening myself up and not being numb and not being, you know, worried about what people are going to say. And, of course, I was met with obstacles because of my mindset. My mindset said people are not going to accept that.
2: And I'm still challenged with that
4: concept, but I'm healing it every day. And so it's just a matter of being consistent with it and staying the course so that you can continue to be yourself. One of the things you don't ever want to do is not be authentic because somebody's not appreciating it. That's the worst thing you can do for yourself the truth of the matter is it's okay. Sometimes people just don't have the capacity to receive what it is you're giving, whether it's love or trust or whatever it is that you're giving, whatever it is that you're vibrating. Sometimes people just don't have the capacity for it. And that's okay. Because the truth of the matter is if you give it to yourself, and love yourself and give yourself the trust of whatever you're trying to give to someone, if you give it and return it back to you, then, you know, you'll attract and manifest so many people like you'd be surprised at the people who will come that will embrace you just as you are and will love it and be so grateful for it. But that's up to you if you're willing to get past yourself and all of your self-worth issues and all the things you're dealing with and know that you deserve your own love, your own trust, your own peace, your own light. Know that you deserve it first. It's for you first. Why would you be born with so much love and light and not give it to yourself first? So that's really important for us when we try to be out fixing and changing the world is to turn and and fix and change ourselves, love ourselves into, you know, into a fixed world or into a better world. And we talked a little bit about the next question, which is, does your family and friends or significant others put you on a pedestal? This was a biggie for me as well. And it says, how does that make you feel? It, you know, I, I was put on a pedestal for a long time for the reasons that I talked about earlier is, you know, because I came out like I'm supposed to give, 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 give. So I was, and I didn't, you know, I wasn't supposed to show my emotions. I was just supposed to help people, support people, and not really, you know, um, looking for help or receive help or anything like that or support. And so people a lot of times would put me on a pedestal, but the pe- the same people who put me on a pedestal uh, knocked me off. okay? And when you fall off that pedestal, people knock you off that pedestal because you're not doing what they want you to do. Because the truth of the matter is, you can't fake it forever. Like, you can impersonate for a little bit. Like, I was impersonating, you know, that I was, you know, didn't have any issues or problems and didn't need no support. And at the time, I was unconscious of it. But now I'm very conscious of it, of that, you know, when I was doing during that time, And let me tell you, people put you on the pedestal. When you disappoint them, they're going to knock your butt right off. So the main thing for you is not to be up there in the first place. You don't need no pedestal, okay? You have a throne. Sit on your throne. You're a god, you're a goddess. Sit on your throne. Be yourself, right? Right? And you don't need nobody to take you up, put you up high and on some pedestal. Um, Maya Angelou said, if you don't accept people's applause, you don't have to accept their boos. And I remember learning that a long time ago, and I never forgot it. And that's how I live. It's like if people applaud, wonderful. If people boo, wonderful. It has the same effect. Right? So you're not buying into the hype. You know, people are hyping you up, and these people don't even know you most of the time. They're not the people that's close to you. They're not your family members. They're not your close friends because your close friends and family members know you. You out in the street trying to get some instant gratification with the hype up, you know, and then you bind it to the hype, so you got to actually be present to that hype and try to live up to these people's expectations as they put you on a pedestal, and then soon as you know, they try to lift you higher. You get uncomfortable, then you start acting out, and then they just knock you back down. Like, you're not who you said you were, which is the truth. You're not. You're impersonated. So my suggestion is don't get up down that that pedestal. I've been up there before. It's not cute. Trust me. You don't need it anyway. Who you are is high. Who you are is light and love. Who you are is throne. Who you are is God. Who you are is goddess. So, you don't need a pedestal for you to have that, for you to feel that, for you to be that. You don't need that. Um, And uh, the next thing, last question is, are you succumbing to other people's expectations? Um, And what impact do you think that's had on your life? Yeah, I think for this question, you know, I I have in the past, a long time ago, I've learned so much um, over the years in doing my personal um, growth and development work. Um, That's one of the reasons why I came out and started to actually facilitate the work is because my mentors had such a strong impact on me, and my work that I did had such a strong impact on me because I used to always – that's all I did was I always just to come to – other people's expectations. Like, I didn't know myself. I didn't know what to do with myself. I didn't know what to do with the power that I had, the gifts I had. So, I I just had to go ask other people and deal with other people and do what they expected me to do because I didn't know me. And so, now that I know myself and I'm getting to know myself more and more every day, I may slip up every now and then, unknowingly. And as soon as I know that I'm trying to live up to somebody's expectation is not authentic, then I'm going to shift it. And a lot of times, you know, when you shift, you, you're taking a risk because if this person is impersonated, changed, or they're really not a true, you know, person in your life, then they're gonna, you know, they're gonna shift on you too. And that's okay. It's a consequence that you can be willing to live with to get back to your authentic life. Uh, Alicia Keys also talked about that when she used to go into relationships, her whole thing was, what are you expecting of me? And then she just used to do it. Whatever the person said they was expecting, you know. And so it's so important that we understand that, you know, when we have expectations of people, we're always going to be disappointed. Anytime we have expectations, we're gonna be disappointed is this the way it is so i always say shift from expecting to respecting respecting who a person is authentically and then knowing that people grow you know it was so funny because i was dating this guy um in high school and we i will never forget this and we started we broke up after high school and we reunited um a few years later probably maybe 10 years later maybe more and so he started telling me how different I was. You know, it, it may have been, it, it 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 may have even been 20, uh, uh 20 years later, but he started telling me how different I was and how I wasn't the same person. I was like, I hope I'm not the same person that I was when I was 20 when I'm 40. What? Who does that? right? He had some expectation of me being that, you know, 17, 18-year-old teeny bopper cheerleader in high school that used to walk around in red gladiator sandals. I'm like, listen, I'm 40 years old. I'm not interested in that. And so it was so deep because, you know, it, it really opened my eyes as to what he was looking for. And immediately I knew that you know the relationship wasn't gonna work because he was still trying to have a relationship with my seventeen-year-old self, which who, who had grown up, right? And so when we have relationships with people, we have to give people an opportunity to grow. That's really very important. And nowadays, you know, for me, I don't know about y'all, but for me, I'm every day I'm growing. Every day is something different that I'm learning, and every time I learn and discover something about myself or about how I'm being, I immediately apply it and shift it. And so because there's a veil that's been lifted and the truth theorem is out here and, you know, all the truth is coming out of what we've been avoiding and what, how we need to move forward, it's like we have to now, you know, allow growth spurts for people
1: and not try to
4: hold people to some type of, you know, place where we think they should be. But let people be where they are, and and it's difficult because we have this sense of loss. We have this fear of loss, you know. But it's really not lost when somebody leaves your life or a relationship ends. It's it's really not lost. It's really a graduation. It's really an opportunity to move to the next level and to elevate yourself, especially if you. Um, if you leave a relationship with integrity and with love. I think I would say whatever you let go of violently, you're forever bound to. I read that in a book, I think it was called A New Way to Love, a long, 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 long time ago. Whatever you let go of violently, you're forever bound to. And so my whole thing is to let go gently if I need to. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. But the main thing for me is to tell the truth. You know, I have this thing where people, I hear this all the time, and I really just don't buy into it, but I hear it a lot. You know, well, I don't want to tell the truth because I don't want to hurt their feelings. Come on, really? You know, okay, so you don't tell the truth because you don't want to hurt their feelings, but ghosting them is is Okay. <laughs> Not speaking to them? Do you think that's their feelings? Really what people are saying is I don't want to tell them because I don't want to deal with the consequences of my actions. I don't want to be confronted. I don't want to know how they feel and that I hurt their feelings and them to tell me, and I don't want to deal with the fact that I have moved outside of integrity or that I have, you know, I wasn't gentle in my delivery, or maybe you were gentle and you just don't want to know how you impact with somebody. So let's be honest with ourselves when we're moving and growing and, you know, doing different things. We have to be honest. That's the main thing is just to be honest. Because we can build beautiful, powerful relationships when we're being honest. And that's what we need right now. We need powerful relationships, beautiful, bonded, powerful relationships. That's what's going to hold our world together. That's what's going to fix our world. The only thing that's going to fix our world, really, is, is us to have relationships with each other, powerful, beautiful, bonded, honest relationships. It's important. So that's it for the reflection questions. Now I wanted to move on to talk about the article just a little bit. I have just a little bit more that I want to say because I talked a little bit about what Alicia said. There are some other things that I wanted to share that she talked about, and I think I'll mix it up with the article that I read um, just for the sake of time. I've been talking for a whole hour. Wow. Okay. So, um so the article I read, for those of you who just joined us, is the Daily OM article um, called Numbing Yourself by Madison Taylor. And it basically talks about, um, you know, what numbing does as far as you numbing yourself and numbing your emotions. So one of the things that I want to talk about, and I'm going to try to intertwine the deep dive with um, the Red Talk, Table Talk with this article. Um, one of the things that the article talks about is that numbing yourself prevents you from confronting your issues and keeps you from ever finding resolution or peace. I thought that that was really powerful. She started the conversation with that, and I thought it was really powerful because most people don't know that when they numb themselves, they're not going to find any resolution or peace. Most people don't know that when you shut down and you numb yourself, you're literally holding yourself hostage in that situation until you're able to resolve it. So what you'll see is you'll continue to attract people in that same situation. You'll continue to have issues around that and challenges around that. It'll come subtly, but you'll constantly see that popping back up in your life everywhere you go, everything you do. So you'll never get peace. Around the situation, if you numb down on it. And what I mean by numbing down on it is really just you shut yourself down. Like your emotion is like, you know what? I'm done with that. I'm not going to even deal with that. I'm not going to deal with that person. I'm not going to talk to them. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not processing it. I'm not doing nothing. And what you do is like, I used to tell people a while back, it's like you got marbles in your, like you can, if you could think of like white, shiny marbles big marbles, like marbles the size of oranges. And every time you shut yourself down or numb yourself or say you're not going to deal with something and don't process it, you swallow that. So, imagine yourself swallowing a whole orange, right? And you swallow the whole orange every time. So, if you've had, you know, 50 times that you've just been like, I'm not even dealing with this. I'm not going to process. I'm just I'm going to avoid it altogether. Because most time people don't say they're going to avoid it. They just say, oh, I'm over it. I'm done. But you haven't processed anything. So trust me, you're not over it. You just stuffed it, right? And so you're stuffing 50 oranges down in your emotional belly, right? Imagine what that feels like and what that looks like. Heavy. And so, eventually, those oranges have to come up and out of there, eventually, right? So, what you do is you have those and then you get something really special, something really beautiful, and you try to put that into your emotional belly and you throw up, right? But you throw up all the good stuff because it's on top. And then the heaviness is still there. And then you get mad because you're heavy and you can't deal with this other stuff. You're sabotaging everything because your belly, your emotional belly is too full because you're just holding on to stuff. That's what it feels like when you don't confront stuff. And it's not about confronting people like blaming people. No, because your stuff is your stuff. Remember our philosophy. Everything begins and ends with you. So how did you create this situation? How did you attract this situation? What what, what orange or marble do you have in your emotional belly that's vibrating out? that you keep attracting the same situation with these same, you know, with different people? So you're taking
2: full responsibility for whatever you're attracting.
4: Okay? So that's really what goes on when you start to suppress. You just got a bunch of oranges or marbles in your emotional belly and you're walking around heavy as heck. And any time anybody poke you in the belly trying to feel or trying to, you know, bond with you, you get angry, you get mad, or you just run away because it's too much. You are already too heavy. So the thing is, is you don't want to swallow those oranges. You want to process them, peel them peel them up, peel the oranges, open it up, see what's in there, how many seeds it got in it, is it really juicy or is it one of those GMO oranges don't have no juice in it, can't even smell it, don't smell like an orange, you know, what you dealing with? And if it's rotten and it's not right, you got to throw it away. Don't put it in your body. And throwing it away may look like you actually talking to, talking things out with a person, or it may just be you processing. You know, and you may need support with that. But processing what just happened and what is in you that's vibrating out so that actually happened. And then how can we prevent this the next time? What behaviors can you change? What can you shift? within yourself so that you're not attracting the same behavior or so that you don't respond in the same way the next time the same thing happens. But sometimes it's not even about other people how they how you how they're responding to you or what happened with them. It's really about how you responded or how you reacted one or the other. So the next thing I want to bring up in the article is our um, it says, we are born equipped to experience a complex array of diverse emotions. Many of us, however, are uncomfortable confronting our most powerful emotions. And and uh, we may shy away from delight and despair and deny life's colors by retreating into a world of monotone gray. So this is really powerful for me because a lot of people, they can't understand why they're not happy. Like all of they have all the all of the, you know, shiny stuff in life, all the glitz glitz in life. Like they have the job, they have the you know, the relationship, they have, you know, money, they have, you know, health, they have all this, but they're just not happy. It's like no joy. And they don't get why. And most of the time it's because if you don't want to deal with your emotions, that are what we call despair or shadow emotions, then you're not going to be able to deal with the other side because you can't shut down one without shutting down the other. So, if you decide that you're not going to deal with, you know, intense emotions that don't make you feel good, then you're not going to be able to deal with intense emotions that make you feel good, which is where the joy is, right? So you just end up in what she calls the monotone gray, which is that thing we talked about earlier, which takes you into a space where you are assimilating happiness. You're just out trying to find instant gratification, which you cannot sustain. So you're constantly chasing it. And, and then she talks about numbing ourselves, my our true feelings, and using things that I'm talking about, Instagramification She mentions alcohol, food, sugar, shopping, and too much television as coping mechanisms to deal with intense emotions. So a lot of times you just, you know, you turn on TV, numb yourself out, eat, numb yourself out, drink, numb yourself out, smoke weed, numb yourself out, you know, whatever it takes so you don't have to feel. Okay, so I think that's let's see, oh, so the last part I want to share with this article is that she talks about it is possible. this is the good news. It is possible. oh, wait, before we go there, she said you might might you may find solace in food or shopping when what you really need is spiritual nourishment. Now, that's a word, that's a word, because spiritual nourishment is what's going to really uplift you and fulfill you and help you to feel full so you don't feel those voids in your life, right? And spiritual nourishment comes in a lot of different um, different ways. Like, part of my spiritual nourishment is I like to meditate. Um, and meditation can take on many different um, many different faces um, for people. Uh, meditation can be something simply as sitting quiet in a quiet room. You don't have to be doing anything or playing any music or chanting or anything like that. Some people like to meditate and chant. Some people like to listen to music. And I have several different ways that I like to meditate. But just quiet time for me is spiritually nourishing. Also me time, like I love to have Milani Shawnee time. Like I get around here, I tell my goddaughter, you know, okay, it's Milani Shawnee time right now. I just need some time just with myself, you know. So for me, that's spiritually nourishing. I also like to take baths. I like to go to Jeju, which is a sauna, um, a, a sauna, and spa that we have here in Atlanta, which I love. It's so spiritually nourishing. Like I can go there and stay four to eight hours and just sweat or get in the water in the whirlpools there or, you know, just do something, um, just relax, get a massage. That's spiritually nourishing for me, you know, just being able to massage and, and, and feel good in my body. You know, going for a walk is spiritually nourishing for me. Rocking chairs are spiritually nourishing. Swinging and swings are spiritually nourishing me. I love to swing in a swing, and the wind is blowing, and I'm looking at the sky, and it's a beautiful day. I feel like I'm 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 in the hands of God. So you just have to figure out what's spiritually nourishing for you. A lot of times, I tell people like when I say spiritual nourishment, and you immediately say, "Well, how?" that's resistance to it. So, you already have immediate resistance because if you think about it, you can say, okay, how do I spiritually nourish myself? And what what makes me feel good or what makes me feel nourished? What nourishes my spirit, not my humanity? Not what makes my humanity feel good because whatever makes your humanity feel good is going to be temporary. So, what makes your spirit feel good? So, and you may have both, just like when I have a massage, it makes my humanity, my body physically feel good, and it makes me feel good spiritually. I feel lighter. I feel clearer. I feel more connected. Right? And so you can have both, the experience of both. And if you really don't know, then you can go to, you know, Google it or YouTube it because, you know, in this day and time, you know, come on now. That's why I'm saying you have to be careful because you're running all kind of filters that say I'm not worthy, I don't deserve it, I don't know how. All of that is resistance. That's all filters are resistance To resist your highest good, to resist your healing, because that's what you've been doing the whole time. And so if you've been doing that the whole time then you're going to keep doing it until you don't, until you choose to do something different. And that's just to allow yourself to be open. So when someone says you need to do something and you immediately say, well, how do I do it? Without saying, hmm, and getting curious about, hmm, that's interesting. What does make me feel this way, right? then you know you're open if you're really asking yourself the question like, what, what, how do I do this? Okay? And so the good news is, and this is the article that uh, from the Daily OM, it is possible to disavow yourself of numbing behaviors a little at a time and once again taste life's rich flavors. So this is really powerful because, you have if you're if you're feeling emotionally numb and if you're noticing after this um after this radio experience you you feel emotionally numb then it took time for you to get there so it's going to take time and energy and patience for you to and compassion for yourself for you to now open yourself up so you got to be gentle with yourself and trust, if you've been led to this podcast, this radio, then you then you are ready. And so if you're ready, then everything you need is going to show up. So there's a certain level of trust that you know that because you're ready, because this, this podcast has showed up for you, because you're ready, then you're going to open yourself up. And you're going to open yourself up to heal. And when you open yourself up to heal, trust me, it's going to be the most uncomfortable thing you've ever done. (laughs) A lot of people think, oh, when I start healing, it's going to be so comfortable. Absolutely not. It's going to be the most uncomfortable thing that you've ever done.
1: Okay? It's
4: almost like going through surgery. When you go through surgery of some kind and it's a successful surgery, your recovery time, you have to heal, it's like painful.
2: Right? You try to take all kind of painkillers
4: and everything, try to kill the pain, but you know that when you get through that process, you're gonna be healed and much better off than you were. So that's what this is like. It's like when you start to heal yourself emotionally, and you start to let your emotions, let yourself feel again, it's going to be uncomfortable. (laughs) Because you're going to feel very vulnerable, because you are. And that has to be okay with you, because you have to know that at the end of the day, you're okay, all is well. Because not only are you going to heighten your senses and, you know, to for your emotional, but you're also going to heighten your awareness. That's necessary when you're opening yourself up emotionally is that you heighten your awareness as well, so that you're aware of what you're feeling and you're aware of what's around you, so you don't get yourself into situations when you're vulnerable that's going to make you want to shut down again. Okay, so the last thing in the article is examining the feelings that drive you to numb yourself can help you understand what is triggering your desire to emotionally fade out. So I, I, sp- I spoke to some of those things earlier, but I also wrote down a couple of things that you can think about and look at some examples of some numbing triggers. And so one, of, one example may be uh, a trigger may be the loss of a relationship. That's a biggie for a lot of people. You know, sometimes when people have been in a relationship for a while and it doesn't end well, there are immediate things to shut down. I'm not going to love anymore. I'm not going to trust anybody. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And that is a numbing trigger. Um, Any type of loss can trigger that. You can have somebody, you know, a death in a family. I know after my mom died, I was numb for at least two years. I didn't even grieve my mom until two years later when I really opened my emotions back up and realized that I hadn't grieved. And so I had to grieve two years later rather than grieve in that moment because I was dealing with so much with my family, I just shut down. And so two years later, grieving that was so, it was difficult, one of the most difficult things I've done. Also, disappointment in someone, a spouse or a child or family, friend, or et cetera, Um, you know, being disappointed. And we talked about that earlier. You know, if you have expectations of people, you're going to be disappointed. And that can be a trigger for numbness. So the best thing in that is to move from expecting to respecting. Just respect people where they are, respect their authentic nature, respect respect their humanity. And don't expect a whole bunch of stuff from people. You can have your standards and that type of thing, but you expect yourself to vibrate and attract your people who are living at the standard that you're at, not try to put that standard off of people who have no um, no desire to be in that space. And I think that's the difference. Like, we have expectations of people who have no desire to fulfill that, and we try to force them to do it, and we can't. So, that's going to trigger you into numbing your emotions. Um, so, you have to be careful with that. Feeling unheard and unappreciated is another thing that, you know, can trigger you're numbing your emotions. Because a lot of times if you feel like people are not hearing you, they don't appreciate you, especially somebody who's in your um circle all the time, it's it's very difficult. So, you'll just shut down. It's like, they're not hearing me. But the thing is, do you hear you? <laughs> do you hear you? And what adjustments do you may, need to make to make sure you're okay? Instead of trying to make another person make adjustments to make sure that you're okay, one of the things about me, and I learned this oh my goodness, and I'm so happy that I learned this because I hadn't always known this. I, you know, I hadn't always practiced this, but now it's like I'm not trying to make anybody do anything. It's like if you want and desire to have a relationship with me, it doesn't matter what kind of relationship it is. You know, you need to be present, right? And if you're not, I'm not trying to force you to do anything. I'm going to speak to you, communicate with you the best way I know how, but I'm not going to sit up in something that's resisting, 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 resisting. No. It's too much going on in the world for that. It's too much stuff happening too much pressure, too much stress, we really have to move in a different way now. And people just out here resisting just because they can? No. And I'm not saying you have to end the relationship, but you have to end your desire to try to bring them along. Right? You can stay in the relationship, but you just, you know, allow the person to be them and you be you. Do you, boo? And tell the person all the same thing, do you, right? And you do what you need to do for you and take care of yourself, right? Because it, it just it doesn't work trying to change somebody else, okay? And then giving until you're drained and depleted is another way that you can numb and trigger numbness in your emotions. Okay, a lot of times we just give and, 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 give until we can't give no more, until we're totally depleted, and then we're looking around for support and it's not there because we've been giving, 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 giving. People don't think we need anything. So, you don't want, these are some examples that I wanted to give you of triggering numbing in your emotions. And so, you want to make sure that you're not walking around emotionally numb. Because if you're walking around emotionally numb, then your joy is numb, just like your pain is numb, okay? So one of the things I wanted to give you was one exercise, and then if you want another exercise, you can go back and listen to the show that I did last week because I did some mirror work in that show. I think at the end of that show, I did some mirror work, and so you can go back and listen to that. And then at the end of this show, I'm going to give you another exercise, really powerful exercise that you can do to start to reconnect with your emotions. So I think, um, I let's see, is there anything else? Uh, oh, so one of the important things I wanted to talk about um, with the Red Table Talk interview, um, I'll go through that a little bit um, just in case I missed anything. But one of the things I loved, what I got from that entire interview um, was that Alicia Keys proved that low self-esteem and low self-worth does not diminish your capacity to live your dreams and to be successful. Because she started talking about how she was thinking that she wasn't deserving, how she downplayed her needs, and, she, you know, and, and I was like, wow, she said she was having some struggles with self-worth. And I'm like, wow, like she's a living witness among other people out here who are just, like, doing their thing, being successful, living their dreams, and, you know, with and still working through human stuff. So I thought it was really powerful because a lot of times we believe that we got to get ourselves together and we got to be at a certain point before we can do anything. It's just not the truth. And so I want to bring you the message tonight that you can still live your dreams, you can still do whatever you want. It doesn't diminish you because you're having human challenges. You're always going to have human challenges because you're human. It's just about a choice and deciding what you want to do and how you're going to do it. So she talked about, you know, Alicia Keys talked about she became um, famous or known for writing songs that were empowering for women. And she realized later that she was writing those songs because she needed those songs. She said a lot of times when she wrote her song, uh, Superwoman, she said she felt unstrong, unsuperwomanly, weak, and confused. She was writing what she was hoping for. I thought that was super powerful, right? So I think that even Superman gets to take off his cape and be regular and enjoy his life and be human. So the whole premise of this show is about the Superwoman myth, so it's like as a superwoman or if you think that's who you are, if you're binding into that false belief,
1: then the thing is,
4: is take your cape off sometimes so you can deal with your humanity and manage your emotions and so that you're not emotionally numb. Because if you have your cape on all the time, you're going to get numb because you don't even have a life. You just run around saving people all the time and you have nothing for yourself. Very important. And then Jada Pinkett, who is, you know, it's her show, Red Table Talk is her show. And so she actually talked about how she understood, she was telling Alicia Keys how she understood the pain and pressure of having to unravel that smile because Alicia was talking about, they were talking about how every time they see her, she was smiling. So they were showing pictures of her smiling. And Jada was talking about how she understood how unraveling that smile and trying to live up to what other people you know, thought and and thought you should be is painful, and it's a lot of pressure. And so Alicia was talking about how she she's really unraveling that smile, and she talked about um, the misconceptions that oh, one of the other misconceptions she said that people have because remember she they asked her what was the biggest, biggest misconceptions about her out there. She said that she was very happy, very strong, and that she doesn't curse. And she says she's neither, and she does curse. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's very powerful that she was put that out there. She said that, you know, she just wanted to be her flawed, beautiful self. That's one of the reasons she stopped wearing makeup is because she became really frustrated. She said, and a lot of things that were out here. And she mentioned a couple of things. And she said if she's not put together when she goes out, people look at her and say, oh, you look tired. She said, I'm not tired. This is my face. And she said a lot of times when she would walk past the mirror, she didn't know herself as her, when she had just her face, right? And so she said that one of the reasons she stopped wearing makeup is because she wanted to get to know herself as she was. She wanted to know her face because when she didn't have her makeup, she didn't even know that person. And she wanted to get to know that person. She wanted to know who she was. She said
2: she started wearing all that makeup because that's what people told her to do. So it's so powerful
4: that she's sitting here and she's taking the mask off, literally taking the mask and the cape and everything off, you know, and saying, "Listen, I'm I'm human,
2: and I love it, and I love myself."
4: And what she did was very powerful because this culture, it, it, it this world, where it creates a culture that shames women who are not in that space and are just going to lay down and do whatever anybody tells them to do, you know, we become, now we become these people who are, you know, the itches and the, you know, we're hard to deal with. But it's very powerful that people like Alicia are stepping forward and saying, hey, no, I'm not doing this anymore. This is not who I am. And so she also talked about one of her most challenging um, times was letting go of people who weren't, serving her any longer. People who assisted her on her journey, but she was saying she thought these people, she owed these people, so to speak, not the word she used, the word I'm using, but she said nobody makes you, you make you. People certainly do help you on your journey, but she said when people are no longer serving you, when you're no longer, you know, when you're no longer um, uplifted by people in your life, you have to move on. And she said one of the reasons why is because Sometimes she was at, she said she was asking people all the time what she should do. Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I do this? And that was so familiar to me. I don't do that anymore, but it was so familiar to me, like doing that all the time. Like sometimes I love to hear what the people have to say around me about what I'm doing, but I don't have to ask somebody for every single thing because I don't trust myself. But she said a lot of times you don't trust yourself because you made choices and decisions in the past that didn't necessarily serve you. And then Jada said that you have to know who you weren't to know who you are, in other words, you have to- you know go through that period of time making you know bad decisions, decisions that don't serve you so that you can know who you are. That's how you come into yourself. the shadows always bring you back to
2: the light and
4: so um and then Alicia said she had to learn to be tender with herself and have empathy with herself because she said she was doing that for others but not for herself.
2: And then they asked her a question.
4: I think they did their fishbowl thing they have. So the question she pulled was, how do how do you not lose yourself in a relationship with a successful man? And what she said was, she only loses herself when she can't speak for herself. And I thought that was so powerful because it's really about being able to speak up in a relationship. And if you can't speak up and you can't be heard in what you have to say, whether a person agrees or not, it has nothing to do with agreeing. It's just about being heard. And so when you're not being heard, what are you going to do? You're going to get triggered and numb yourself. And then you're going to go into the gray monotone. So it was a very powerful interview. If you want to watch it, you can just go to Red Table Talk on Facebook. And the show aired today, this morning, so you can see it. So my last note is that I personally would love to see us as a community to begin to embrace our unique ways as human beings. This is our reality. We are human. We are spiritual beings having human experience. And this would support us in um, in combating the mental health crisis in America simply by breaking down the illusions of perfection and people-pleasing. Because these are illusions that we live with every day. We think we can't be successful. We think that we can't get anything done. We think that people won't love us. We think that, you know, we won't do, you know, nothing will work for us unless we are bowing down, people-pleasing, and not doing what we're here to do, not being who who we are. And that's just not the truth. So I'm gonna leave you with this really quick exercise. Um I it's a very, very simple exercise, but I like to do it in a lot of my classes and workshops and it's been very effective for me as well. I work with this exercise a lot and I think I've done it on, on my show here a couple of times, um, but I'm just gonna repeat it today because I think it's really important. So if you would just um, sit straight up in your chair, put your feet flat on the floor, and just take a couple of deep breaths. And then if you want to take your hand and put it in the center of your chest, over your heart energy chakra, and just feel yourself connect. So close your eyes, and your intention is to connect with your heart. So, just take a couple of deep breaths and connect with your heart and then we're gonna say, "Um, repeat after me for a couple of a couple of times. We're gonna say this three times, <clears throat> and you can just repeat after me. I am connected to my heart." And then inhale and exhale. I'm connected to my heart. Inhale and exhale. I'm connected to my heart. Inhale and exhale. Last time, I am
3: connected to my heart. Inhale and exhale.
4: So that's a powerful exercise that you can do whenever you want to reconnect with your heart. And you can do that as many times as you want. You can do it 10, 15, 20 times just until you really feel connected. So you want to make sure your eyes are closed and that your hand is on your heart so you, you, your heart can feel you and that you have the intention of connecting with your heart and that, you know, and that you're fully present in the space. And then you just repeat over and over again, I'm connected with my heart, and just inhale and exhale in between. So that's something that you can use just to start to reconnect with your emotions, connect with yourself. And so when you start to feel, don't be afraid to feel what you're feeling. Everything is okay. All is well in your world, and you could say that too. If you start to feel just like all is well in my world, I'm good. I want to feel. It's important to me. I love to feel. I want to feel joy. I want to feel sadness. I want to feel it all because I am powerful, and I know that I can manage it all. And that's really where you want to be with yourself. So tonight we're not going to take any calls. I think we've given you so much. Um, to just sit with and be with. And um, so if you have any questions or comments, please just send them to me at life at gmail.com. Uh, we're going to wrap up the show now. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us tonight. I hope you got so much out of this. We we talked a lot. We gave you a lot. So you may have to go back and listen to this broadcast. Um, we're here every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, if you want to go back and listen to the replays, you can. Um, if you have an Apple phone, you can go to Apple Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. You can just search it in the search box at um, Get Your Entire Life. Or if you have an Android phone, you can just go onto com slash Get Your Entire Life and go back and listen to any show that you'd like to listen to. Please review our show. We would love to for you to give us a five star review or whatever stars that you feel like we have earned here tonight. Um, also, if you would. Um, um, subscribe to our blog, blog talk and to our Apple podcast so that others can find us and so that we can share this information with others if you thought it was valuable to you. If you'd like to connect with me, you can visit my website at shani.com. That is M-A-L-A-N-E-S-H-A-N-I.com, or you can go to my university online, which is A-U-N. University.com. If you go on to the, um, the website at MilaniShani.com, you'll find on the, if you click on the Get Your Entire Life tab, you can find more support around tonight's topic. Um, you can find audio classes. We have aura cleaning products as well to support you on your journey forward. You can also sign up for our weekly light letter. It's the only email we send out every week um, on Wednesdays at noon, um, and this is called the Activation Station. And um, you can sign up for that by visiting our Get Your Entire Life page on my website, and that is com. M-A-L-A-N-E-S-H-A-N-I. It's been an amazing pleasure to be with you all tonight. I look so forward to being with you next week. I wish you all God is light and love. And remember to love yourself by being yourself. And I'm going to leave you with Golden by Jill Scott. Good night, everybody.